Stand by while NCLA cuts through the noise to signal abuse of administrative power. This is Administrative Static with Mark Chenoweth and John Vecchione. Welcome to Administrative Static with Mark Chenoweth and John Vecchioni. And I think this is a first in Administrative Static history. We have all three hosts or folks who have hosted the program because we are honored to have joining us uh, today a frequent uh, co-host and fill-in host here at Administrative Static, Harriet Hageman, Senior Litigation Counsel at the New Civil Liberties Alliance. Harriet, welcome back to the microphone at the Administrative Static Show. Thank you, Mark. It's good to be back with you and John. Well, we wanted to to have you join us today because uh, uh, you had a, a quite a notable victory this week at the U.S. Court of Federal Claims uh, here in Washington D.C. Uh, you you argued the case and uh, and got a got a decision on the same day, which doesn't always happen. Uh, so you must have been very very persuasive. The case is uh, is Todd Hennis the the United States of America. And we've talked about this this matter on the show before. This is the case where the EPA went in, uh, didn't do its homework and and uh, caused a major environmental disaster by opening the gold an entrance to the Gold King mine and dumping water and toxic sludge into the Animas River in uh, in Colorado. Uh, turned the river orange, all this uh, toxic sludge and so forth. And then they took over Todd Hennis's land, built a water treatment facility on it and have not given him even one cent uh, in compensation. So, so how did the argument go? Uh, first of all, Harriet, and uh, uh, tell us about tell us about what happened in court this week. Well, thank you, Mark. And we just uh, passed the seventh anniversary of the Gold King mine blowout, one of the worst disasters in U.S. history, and it was, as you state, caused by the EPA. So we filed a lawsuit over a year ago for an unconstitutional takings because in the last seven years, while squatting on Todd Hennessy's property, the EPA, the U.S. government has refused to pay him even one dime in rent or to compensate him for the unconstitutional take, permanent taking of his property. So we filed the lawsuit. Uh, the complaint can be found on our website at NCLA. Um, but then in addition to which, soon after that, the EPA, rather than filing an answer and proceeding with the case, filed a motion to dismiss based upon a variety of theories. One was emergency. Another one was that our client allegedly consented. Uh, another one was that we're not entitled to a certain type of damage. Uh, so that was why they filed the motion to dismiss. It's taken us this long to get into court, but I'll tell you what, it was worth the wait. On Tuesday, we had a hearing before our judge in the Court of Federal Claims, and I don't think I've ever seen a judge as well-prepared as he was. He walked into the room. He had studied the briefs and the documents extensively. He sat down. He stated what he believed the facts were, asked each of the parties to correct him or add to it if we felt it was necessary. I had two issues that I raised with him, and he adopted both of them in expanding and expounding upon his, his statements of fact. Then he moved directly into the issues of law, and he again set forth what he saw the law to be, and then he invited the attorneys to respond and address. 
The U.S. attorney went first because it was their motion to dismiss. Um, I hate to say it, but the United States was not very well represented that day, just in the sense that I don't think he was as prepared as he should have been. And I also would say that the arguments that they made were not good arguments. And the judge uh, did a lot of questioning of them uh, and pointed out the weaknesses in their arguments. And I think when it all came down to it, what the judge is wondering is why in the world haven't you compensated this gentleman for the taking of his property? They built a $2.3 million water treatment facility on his land. Uh, they flooded his property with 3 million gallons of mine waste and 880,000 pounds of heavy metal. And still, seven years later, they're not willing to pay him for it. And both under the Fifth Amendment as well as statutory provisions, they should be. So the judge definitely signaled to them that they need to step up to the plate here. We're going to start discovery. Their answer is now due the 29th of September. He made it clear that he did not expect that they would be filing a motion for summary judgment. And so hopefully starting this fall, we'll start getting some answers and information from the EPA about what happened and then move forward with getting compensation for our client. That's, that's terrific, Harriet. So this is Judge Armando Bonilla of the U.S. Court of Federal Claims, a Biden appointee who was just, just joined the bench uh, earlier this year. So uh, does not have much experience on the bench, but it's glad, glad to hear that, that uh, he came uh, as as prepared as as you described, that's a that's a great thing to hear from uh, from a new judge that that they're taking taking their responsibilities uh, seriously. Uh, what are the uh, what are the, the so actually let me let me start with this question. I'm trying to remember here at the New Civil Liberties Alliance if we have ever sued the government. And John, jump in here if you can remember a time when they haven't filed a motion to dismiss. It's just part of the government. <laughs> playbook that if you sue them, they're going to file a motion to dismiss, even if they have not a leg to stand on like the EPA here. It does. They, they almost, I would say almost always do it because uh, they, they'll yell mootness, rightness, uh, uh, privilege, uh, you know. Uh, Statute of limitations, yeah. you know, something. Standing. Standing, yeah. <laughs> yeah. How about you, Ari? Do you remember any cases where they haven't filed a motion to dismiss? With some of the cases that I handled before I was with the, the new Civil Liberties Alliance, I tended to not get that. And I think that one of the, one of the things that's changed over time, because I have practiced law for uh, over 33 years now, I think that John and I are pretty close to the same in terms of our uh, our involvement in practicing law. And I don't think that they used to be as aggressive with it, maybe 15 years ago, 15, 18 years ago. Now I would agree, you can't file a case against the United States government. And no matter how culpable they are, they won't file a motion to dismiss. And what we've really found at NCLA is that the process is the punishment. It delays relief, it costs your client money, just in the sense of I've got a guy sitting out there with 33 acres that have been tied up by the federal government for the last seven years. He hasn't been able to move forward with any kind of development or activities because they've been squatting on his property. And so it's really kind of an abusive situation, not just because in this case, clearly, they owe our client money. And I think they will eventually admit that they absolutely owe our client money. But every day that goes by, we know with the present value of money, he's losing value there. And then he's also just having to go through this process of just every day is a struggle to get the United States to step up and do what they should, have, what they should be doing, which is well, compensating him for his loss. 
And is it correct to say, Harriet, that they are continuing to pollute his property on a daily basis? Yes, and they've expanded their footprint dramatically. So I went out there and I did my first site inspection in May of 2020. And then we were back there in May of 2022. And their footprint on that property is probably close to doubled. Uh, it is quite an industrial operation out there above Silverton because they're spreading all of the waste across his property for it to dry. And we don't to this day know what they're planning on doing with that. And, Har and Harriet, uh, I believe that the judge offered, if the parties agreed, to go do a site inspection himself. Yes, he did. And I am hoping that we can get that done. I immediately spoke with the U.S. attorneys, uh, the DOJ attorneys, as soon as the hearing was finished and indicated to them that we absolutely would welcome that opportunity, ask if they would agree with that. And then I made it clear to them that it is extremely important we reach a decision on this quickly because it's at, at 11, you know, I think it's maybe 10,000 feet in elevation. So we either have to get out there in October at the latest, or we may not be able to get back out there until May. And again, that's just more and more and more delay. So I'm going to be following up with them immediately. It will all be covered in snow and you won't be able to see anything? Is that the major? Or, or yep. get in route. Or, okay. Yep. Uh, yep. You know, yeah, access is even a problem. The government doesn't move to Smith when you sue them on FOIA. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> There's, a, there's always an exception to the rule, I guess. Uh, well, so uh, what, what happens now? So uh, you may or may not get this, uh, this side inspection that the judge ha has offered, uh, offered to do. Is there going to be a motion for summary judgment in this case? Well, there may be eventually, but the judge made it very clear he did not expect that the federal government would file one on September 29th. He expects an answer. He expects them to answer the complaint, and then we will be moving forward with putting together a schedule uh, that the parties can agree on. And then again, I am going to push very hard to get that site inspection in place and get him out on the ground. Uh, we did introduce some photographs the other day, and they help. But you cannot understand the magnitude of what they've done to our client until you stand out there on the side of the hill and look out over what are uh, really a couple of football fields worth of waste that they have spread out, in addition to which it's an enormous water treatment facility that they have there. Well, terrific. So so what's what's next? So we, you enter into discovery then? and uh... Yep. Anticipate we'll start, and interrogatories and yes, so we'll start putting together our Rule 26 disclosures, and then we are. I will start. I intend to over the next couple of weeks putting together a set of interrogatories and requests for production of documents, and we'll get those submitted. So hopefully by the end of this year, we will have some uh, fairly good answers to some of the outstanding questions that we have. Um, and then really the primary issue in this case is going to be what is the value of that property. They want to act as though you could maybe throw up one cabin out there so it's not worth anything at all. Yet when oh, I think I think we lost uh, Harriet's cell reception. But I think what she was going to say is uh, it's actually uh, it certainly could be used for industrial uses as the as the presence of the water treatment facility itself shows uh, it's a viable industrial uh, area and, and it's also right out there in snow country, John. I don't know, you know, what the what the possibilities are for developing that land uh, into some sort of, uh, you know, presumably after an environmental cleanup is completed, uh, of of turning that into into some sort of 
uh, of uh, a resort area for for skiing. Yeah, I, I don't know either, but it is way up there. Yeah. Well, congratulations, Harriet. I'm, I'm glad we got you for, for most of the segment there. Sorry we lost you at the tail end, uh, but we are uh, delighted with your victory. Congratulations. Thank you. Static. Uh, Mark and I are very happy to be joined by another of our colleagues, Janine Eunice, to uh, discuss what I don't think it's an exaggeration to call just a blockbuster reveal in the case of Missouri v. Biden. And in this case, we have uh, we represent uh, private parties, not any of the states, but the AGs originally brought this. And then we have joined this suit on behalf of our clients. Janine, who are our clients and what is their complaint? Our clients are doctors Jay Bhattacharya and Martin Kuldorf and Aaron Cariotti and a woman who is not a doctor named Jill Hines who runs an organization called Health Freedom Louisiana. They all allege that um, they dissented from sort of the government or mainstream public health messaging when it came to COVID-19 and that they were censored on social media because of that um, and that that censorships came from the government ultimately. So what has been kind of difficult in uh, this case and other similar cases is proving that the government was driving the big tech censorship. But these documents do a lot to sort of um, to corroborate our suspicions based on, you know, these public statements that were made. And in fact, if you go on Twitter, a lot of people will just say private parties can do what they want. Right. <laughs> and uh, and uh, but are the private parties doing what they want? No. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. And so what was filed today, which I think our listeners will be very interested to go to nclalegal.org and take a look at, but what's going on? Well, so we're in a discovery dispute with um, the government for the most part. And uh, as part of that, we filed a joint statement sort of explaining to the judge where our areas of dispute were. Uh, I would say the primary thing is that uh, Dr. Fauci, Anthony Fauci, and his spokesperson are refusing to answer any questions about their involvement um, or, you know, the involvement of agencies in this. That's not suspicious at all. <laughs> no. I mean, they've been resisting at every step of the way, all discovery. And then each time we get information, it turns out that it's even worse than what we thought was going on. So I think it's probably <laughs> worse than well, what we think now. Well, I, I think this, it's fair to say the Missouri AG has taken the lead on this. Uh, and has been pressing both the tech companies to cooperate, and he's gotten some cooperation. They've turned over material, and lo and behold, the material the tech companies turned over revealed government uh, uh, actors who hadn't been revealed to us by the government. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Lo and behold. Uh, it's, it's quite fascinating that uh, the tech companies seem to have know about uh, communications with people in the government that the government uh, seemingly uh, either didn't know or didn't want to turn over. <laughs> yeah, well, and now we've got, I mean, there are thousands of pages of documents, not all of it is uh, available to the public right now, but documenting communications between- But Janine has seen it. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen a lot. <laughs> Federal government and social media um, 
peat and pie ups and social media companies. And give us some examples. What what is the government doing with the social media companies? Um, is this like a one off, a, a one letter or something? No, <laughs> this is th thousands of emails at least that we know about by now. Um, and they're coordinating with social media companies to censor speech that the government disagrees with. And it's not just about COVID. So it's also about the election, Hunter Biden laptop. Um, so far, I haven't seen anything about climate change and abortion, although I believe that those are also topics that um, the federal government has been involved in censoring through social media companies. So um, the you know government is basically making demands. Some might call them requests. I would say it's more like demands, especially given the power imbalance you know, between the government and the tech companies. And <laughs> offers to censor that you can't refuse. Exactly. <laughs> there are uh, it's a nice know, tech company you have there. Shame <laughs> if anything should happen to it. Exactly. Um, there's some in particular, uh, a very, very high up person at Facebook. Um, someone in the government is expressing disappointment about how could you let this, you know, misinformation be going on? Uh, what are you doing about it? You need to do more. And uh, this person at Facebook is coming back and saying, I'm sorry, we'll do more. We're going to start censoring more people. In fact, we just moved a whole, removed a whole bunch of people from uh, the disinformation dozen from Facebook. Um, the disinformation dozen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I guess that's that's going to be a movie with uh, Lee Marvin. And, uh, I can't remember the rest of them in the original picture. Jeez. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so, and then there's a lot of flagging of posts. The gov so government uh, sending posts to Twitter or Facebook and saying, remove this post. Uh, with respect to the election, there are a lot of posts from local state uh, government officials sending them to DHS. And then DHS is sending them to uh, the social media companies and saying, remove these. And, and, and what gets me is they're saying, remove these for things that are true. Right. This is you know, uh, Janine and I talk about this all the time. We think you should be able to say whatever you want if you're not threatening people uh, with bodily harm or something. Um, you should be able to say whatever you want, even if it's false. Thomas Jefferson said, you know, uh, a lie can can uh, live if it can't live if the truth is around to combat it. And uh, I'm butchering that a little bit, but basically the idea is that the answer to bad speech is truth. And what I am just stunned by in these cases is they are taking things off of social media that are absolutely true. And the one that kills me uh, is that in the, the FDA requires pharmaceutical companies to put side effects, known side effects on every one of their prescription drugs. It's the law. You have to put it on there. If you don't put it on there, you get sued all time. Mandatory disclosure. Bad things happen to you. They have to do it. But if one of our clients, if Bonacharia puts on, tweets out what the known side effects from the label are, they pull it off. They take it off yeah. Twitter. That is outrageous. Well, I think one really interesting thing about the case is, you know, I'm sort of looking through some of these tweets that the government is asking me taken down. And you see one that's like, you know, the vaccine is causing cancer and nobody should get it, blah, 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 something like that. And you're like, okay, that's sort of, I can understand why people wouldn't want this. But then the next one is uh, something like maybe everybody should be able to make the, their choice about a vaccine that's only been around for two years and they want to take that down. And so where do you draw the line? And I think this sort of shows why we don't have the government involved in policing speech because you can't you can't find the line. And then there are well, jokes. Certainly the government's it. not doing it. No, they're, they're, <laughs> they're not being they're not carefully going after the, the most extreme views. They're they're basically have been censoring everything that right. is against what the government is trying to do. Right, right, exactly. And and in this case, we've we've agreed to certain redactions so that people's names, they don't get attacked on the internet and stuff. So the, the documents redacted, but 
Can people listening go in and look at these in, in what was filed today? Yes. Uh, th so the, the documents that were cited in the joint statement as exhibits, those uh, can be viewed on our website. All right. And their attachments to the, yes. to the yeah. uh, filing, which is, you can look at our disputes with the government. Um, and again, John um, uh, Sauer. Sauer, John Sauer uh, has taken a laboring oar on this. I have got- He's the assistant attorney general in, in yes. Missouri. Yeah. Yeah. And he's and he's just done a wonderful job uh, yeah. at, at, at dealing with uh, juggling all the tech companies, juggling the government. This is part of a preliminary injunction discovery. The judge is deciding whether to grant a preliminary injunction, and he allowed discovery first to, to, to figure out jurisdiction, a lot of other things, I think. And um, it's just been fascinating. It's on a very fast track. And John Sauer and the people over at the AG's office have done just incredible lawyer. Yeah, they really have. And and so um, and and so we're pushing this, and you can see the documents on our website. But give us a flavor of what do, what the documents say or show. Well, sort of as I was saying before. I mean, there's uh, you know a lot of communications between the government and the tech company people, um, where the government is saying, you know, you should we should be removing this kind of thing. Keep your eye out for this. Um, there's a lot of reporting. So. The tech company people are, are issuing, I think it's bi-weekly or bi-monthly reports um, to let them know what they're doing, what kind of trends they're seeing. Censorship and, um, progress reports yeah, to the government. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And I think, I mean, the thing that I think uh, the, you know, all, all of the plaintiffs in this case will be up against is that the government is likely to argue that tech companies want to do this. You know, they're, um, they're accomplishing mutual aims with the government and they're allowed to do that. Um, I Think that that's the wrong way of looking at it from a first amendment perspective i mean the government when the government first of all the government has the power to um impose legal consequences on the tech companies as it's threatened to do so in that sort of uh in that environment i don't think you can say it's voluntary i mean every day they they issue an antitrust threat to facebook right i mean i can't open up a wall street journal without seeing that but here's the thing that i think is going to really undermine them on that in these emails the government <laughs> The government operator is saying, I don't know why they're resisting working with the government so much. Where does this hesitance come Where from? Where does this hesitance <laughs> come from? Like, like it's, it's some, oh yeah, I, I'm, I'm running a tech company. What I want to do today is talk to the government about which of my customers I'm going to annoy, right? And, and so uh, the tech companies, to their credit, are at least uh, doing a little pushback. And the other one was that I really liked was uh so they were relieved that they had answers for the government oh yeah tell me that one i forgot I, that's the alex berenson one so oh, alex yeah. berenson has a, an interesting case because he's been singled out he was singled out for censorship by the government he had a very big twitter account had been assured by people at twitter he was in no danger of losing it he hadn't violated the rules and then it turned out um when he's he was removed from twitter after being criticized by fauci publicly and uh indirectly by biden he was removed from Twitter and he ended up filing a lawsuit, got discovery, and it turned out there were communications where uh, the government had told Twitter to take him off <laughs> yeah. and tw the Twitter employees were revealing that they felt they were under enormous pressure. They said something like, mercifully, you know, we had answers for the government about why he he's <laughs> still on here and we don't think he violated any rules, but we'll figure out what we can do. I mean, this is obviously, you know. Right, mercifully, that's the word I had forgotten. The, yeah, yeah, mercifully, we had yeah. answers. You don't use that word when you feel like you're <laughs> in, a right. cooperative, <laughs> in a cooperative way. Oh, mercifully, we were dealing with the government who, who had threatened us not at all. Um, yeah. 
yeah, exactly. And and some of this, uh, and, and in our discovery, this hesitancy, oh, this hesitancy to work with us. So, um, you know, there's enormous amount of documents to go through and to yeah. sift. And uh, what it shows, I think, is that this is not the case where there was, uh, you know, none of this is national security, right? Yeah. So we have not, we've not been asking about, you know, what you're doing with bin Laden or anything. Yeah. This is all things domestically that people are talking about and the yeah. government doesn't like how you're talking, boom, you disappear. Yeah. Or at least your account does. Your, your account disappears. So do you know your this, audience does. Do you know the next steps? What's coming next? Well, the judge will rule on this uh, dispute and, you know, hopefully we'll work at talking yeah, and so we'll see. We'll see the government has done this. Anyway, so we'll see you next time.